Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Now it's time to talk Braves, Falcons, and college football with a deep South college football legend. It's the Buck Baloo Show, exclusively on The Fan. Thursday, January the 5th, 2023. The Buck Baloo Show on the air here on The Fan, 680 and 93.7. Streaming at 680thefan.com. Get that fan mobile app driven by Beaver Toyota of Coming. Beaver Direct, the fastest and easiest way to shop online for your next car. Visit beavertoyotaofcoming.com and see what wow really means. 10 o'clock hour on 680 The Fan brought to you by the Haug Baron Law Group, your champions of personal injury law. As you've probably figured out, we are live in the Battery Atlanta, 10 to 11, Monday through Friday, the Baloo Show here on The Fan. Got Adam Gillespie and Derek Thomas ready to go. Aaron Murray coming up at the bottom of the hour. Talk to the former Georgia quarterback now with ESPN and Sirius XM Radio as we continue to break down this national championship matchup between Georgia and Texas Christian coming up on Monday night. School's back in in our neck of the woods. Traffic uh, thickening up out there. Hopefully you got to work on time without getting in the emergency lane. Let's get to work, folks. Bucks Big Take. Thank goodness, Falcons finale is on Sunday. Another disappointing losing season comes to an end. This will be our fifth straight losing season. No wonder more than half of the seats at MBS are empty at home games. We expect to lose here in Atlanta when it comes to the Falcons. In fact, the Falcons have been in business for 57 years now. Fans have witnessed winning seasons 29% of the time. Yet we continue to hear the same old song and dance. I heard some of it on the locker room show this morning, how the team is improving. There's hope for next season. We've got money to spend in free agency. Question, who wants to come play for the losing Falcons? Who wants to take their money? Let me answer that question. Not very many quality players want to take their money. Continue to hear how we're going to improve the team through the draft. Please. Our front office would not know a player if they walked in the room and told them they were all pro. I've got zero confidence in the Falcons' front office. 
we probably have five former general managers in the personnel department, and we still can't get it right. Our front office and the previous front office, T, has our Falcons team listed as one of the worst in the National Football League when it comes to talent on the roster. One of the worst. I'm not buying into this hope thing. Bottom line, our team is in the loser category. And there's your big take today. Wish it was different, but it's not. The same old song and dance. We hear it every year, how next year is going to be better. I've lost hope. I don't believe it's going to happen. What's going to be different? DT, I just have lost hope. Just too right many, off the top of my head, you know. Too many losing seasons. So you, you're, not a, you're not a big believer in the new regime, Terry uh, Fontenot, Arthur Does it Smith? sound like it? It doesn't sound like it Is at all. Is Terry Fontenot really drafting the players? That's, that's, that's what question. I want to know. That's a very good question. I mean, we've got five general managers, former general managers in the personnel department. Who's making the picks? Ultimately, it has to be Terry Fontenot, right? I mean, he's the face. He's the guy that has to answer for it. And why do we continue to draft these guys from these small colleges? That seemed I used to fight against that 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 seeming cliche that uh that the Falcons don't take big school players SEC but players. It, it, Imagine does, if we had just allowed a computer there. to take the top rated SEC player through the last five, six, seven years, let a computer take the top rated SEC player off the board when it comes time for the Falcons to make a pick. We would be in much better shape than we're in right now. And I've seen enough quote, project picks, this this team, this franchise isn't in any position to be using project picks. They need guys that can come in and make an impact immediately. Yeah, and this idea, we've got $140 million to spend in free agency. Let me ask you, if you're a player looking to win, are you taking the Falcons' money? Certainly not, but ultimately we see a lot of guys, you know, the money talks. The guys will go where, where the market fits them best, so... Well, we'll see. most of the time, the Falcons aren't the only ones offering that, offering the same amount of money. They're going to have to money whip people in order to get them to come here. Probably. Yeah, overpay is what yeah, you're exactly. saying. Yeah, yeah, I heard it. I uh, continue to hear it. All this hope. Things are going to be different. I guess I've been around too long. I've lost hope. Yeah, you got, you're still you're working on your 50 years of research you've been doing for this team, right, Buck? Yeah, I had to do it again. 29% of the time. We have a winning record. It's disappointing. You know, I heard a show yesterday afternoon that was, uh, you know, going down this road of hope. Team looks better. We're improving. Got all this money to spend. The draft is going to be awesome. You know, based on what we've seen in the draft with the new regime, I'd, I wonder what's going on uh, at the same time. You know, the, the, the talk show was talking about how they were going to get Jalen Carter. With that first-round pick, and I, I almost I, I laughed and almost had to pull over to the side of the road. Jalen Carter they're going to take, right? Yeah, they've won just they enough. They have taken a, a top-rated player out of the Georgia program in my lifetime. So you're saying even if he was available, even if they had the spot to get Jalen Carter. They're not Carter. taking Jalen Carter. <laughs> That'd be too easy, right, Buck? They're just not going to do it. Hey, let's get to a college football nugget. 
lighten the mood a little bit. Mm, tasty. <laughs> Time for the College Football Nugget. Presented by your locally owned and operated Ace Hardware. Find your neighborhood store at acehardware.com. Yeah, but college football has been a little easier for you to talk about lately, it seems. Yeah, and this a is a uh, crazy story today in the Nugget, too. Uh, Jimbo Fisher, desperate, coming off that 5-7 and seven season. He is so desperate that he's going to step aside and quit calling plays offensively, and he's hired a guy the Falcons invested in. And Bobby Petrino, <laughs> who was at UNLV. Bobby Petrino. Okay, where's that blonde at? Coming in to take over Jimbo Fisher's offense at Texas A&M. I'm just saying. Texas A&M needed some help. Jimbo's offense next to last in the SEC this past year, scoring about 22 points a game. 680, the fan team, was scoring more than 22 points a game in the flag lead. Texas A&M, highly regarded because of the contract that Jimbo got and their great support, their college station, so desperate that they were 100 and... 101 in college football and scoring offense this year. So desperate, they've got to turn to Bobby Petrino to take over the offense. I mean, is this going to help or is this going to hurt? That's my first question. Help or hurt having Petrino? Now, regarded as one of a bright offensive mind when it comes to the X's and O's. And I'll play along with that. Yeah, I mean, he he knows how to design a game plan, how to take advantage of a, de- a defense from week to week based on their weaknesses and strengths. I mean, Bobby Petrino, highly regarded when it comes to that. But when you look at the other things, characteristics that a coach has to have, I don't think Petrino has any of them. His 19th coaching job, Bobby Petrino. And my second thought on, you know, whether this is going to help or hurt, my second thought went straight to the quarterback. He was a freshman this year, Connor Wegman. A freshman this past season, be a sophomore next year. I wonder what Wegman thinks. Is it time to transfer? Petrino is one of the all-time great screamers at quarterbacks that I've ever seen. And I'm talking about during the game. Quarterback comes off the field, he's screaming at him nine out of ten times. Which I don't think is beneficial to the quarterback. I mean, I'm sure Wegman could learn something schematically from Petrino. But is he going to thrive with him? Jimbo Fisher has become desperate. So desperate that he's had to hire Bobby Petrino. And his next, when he gets fired from this job, 
The next job he gets will be the 20th coaching job that he's going to have in college football. It's amazing. Well, let's say that sounds like an exaggeration, but now it is. Uh, this is 19th job. Wow. Petrino? It seems like a lot even for him, but yeah. The, I can't believe the fact. Yeah, well, I can't believe the Falcons fell for Bobby Petrino. What do you do, leave a uh, left a, a printed note yep. in the lockers of the players before he walked out the door? Yeah, that was reportedly what happened. Buddy. Yeah. Basically, only, basically in the leaving in the middle of the night. Yeah. Only my Falcons would have fallen for Bobby Petrino in the NFL. Now Jimbo's done it at the college level. And there's your college football nugget. Want to invite you to check out our podcast, man. We've got a wide array of incredible football podcasts, college and pro. You can find it at thepodcastpark.com, and it's brought to you by our good friends at Associated Credit Union. We've got you covered. I've got Bucks beat, and hoping that Episode 78 will drop this afternoon as I break down the national championship game between Georgia and Texas Christian. Uh, David Pollock will help me do that. Looking forward to episode uh, that episode to drop later today, uh, Bucks Beat. Want to invite you to check that out and all the other great podcasts we've got up there. Probably enjoy it. Best guess. All right, coming up next, George's plan of attack against Texas Christian, plus Aaron Murray at the bottom of the hour is going to help me break it down. A little Braves talk before the show ends at the top of the hour. It's the Buck Baloo Show here on The Fan, 680 and 93.7. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Marketing is everywhere. From the billboards on the highways to the notifications on your phone, we are constantly bombarded with people trying to sell us stuff. What makes good marketing? Are you doing enough in your life personally and professionally to market yourself? You have questions, and the Marketing Mad Men have answers. Search the Marketing Mad Men on Google or your favorite podcast provider to get practical marketing advice from expert guests who are shaping and reshaping the business world. They say marketing is a madman's game. Join the Marketing Mad Men every Saturday at 4 p.m. to find out why. show on the fans 680 and 937 we appreciate you hanging out monday through friday 10 to 11 got a big game coming up on monday have you heard about it national championship game got the dogs and the frogs going at it with a national championship riding on the line we're all over it here at 680 the fan we'll have the game call on monday night right here on the fan and we've got some other fun things going on, too, that uh, you'll be hearing more and more about as we get closer to the game. I can hardly wait. My goodness. Uh, you know, this 
Waiting on the national semifinals was one thing. It was almost four weeks to get ready. Now this national championship game is on us like a snap of the fingers. I guess Monday off had something to do with that. But the Georgia Bulldogs looking to run it back. That's what the hip kids are saying. We used to say trying to go back to back. We're doing the repeat. You don't hear that anymore. Now it's running it back, baby. I want to see the dogs run it back. As a former Georgia player and a uh, Georgia man, we'll see something Monday night perhaps we've never seen done before. Georgia winning back-to-back titles. And not everybody's enjoying it. As you look around the country, got some people even still criticizing Stetson Bennett. Imagine that. How can that be? Stetson's been awesome. Wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the matchups on both sides of the ball. As we get ready for the showdown on Monday night, let's start with a Georgia offense taking on the TCU defense. Now, you football folks out there will recognize this. Maybe just the average fan, maybe not. But the Horn Frogs are running a 3-3-5 stack scheme defensively. Three defensive linemen, three linebackers, five defensive backs. And they got those linebackers stacked right behind the defensive linemen. And they're running this to get another coverage guy on the field because of the conference they play in. In the Big 12, you got a bunch of air raid and spread offenses going on. So you got to be able to defend the pass. Thus, the 3 3 5 stack scheme. But make a note. How TCU plays the run tough, which essentially is what the Georgia Bulldogs want to do, is run that football, physical football with that running game. They held Texas to 22 yards rushing earlier this season. They slowed down the Michigan run game. There was a 54-yard dash by... um, Michigan early in the game, and then TCU after that play, the average yards per carry for Michigan, 3.2 yards per carry, and that is a really impressive number. The safeties and linebackers are very active, very aggressive against the run game. And Georgia, you look at Georgia, the breakdown this year, they they ran it 57% of the time. Now, they led with the pass against Ohio State. You can't be doing the same things week in and week out as you face different, different teams. You gotta, uh, you're going to game plan a little differently if you're smart, and that's what Todd Monken is, a really smart offensive coordinator. Georgia came out and led with the pass against Ohio State. And you wonder why? Well, Ohio State was ganging up against the Georgia run game, anticipating that Georgia was going to run the ball 60% of the time. They flipped it around. They threw the ball knowing they were going to have to score some points in that game. Now, TCU, against the pass, uh, my video study tells me they're mostly going to rush those three defensive linemen. Uh, you know, when they change it up, they'll, they'll bring one of the linebackers. 
but it's going to be a three or four man rush. They blitz. Their blitz rate is one of the lowest in college football. They don't have very many sacks. They do a good job of pressuring the quarterback. Now, that Dylan Horton had four sacks against Michigan, their defensive end, and he will be matched up on Amarius Mims or Warren McClendon, depending on his health. Or maybe both those guys will play. They've got a tough assignment in Dylan Horton. He's a pass rusher. But you're going to see TCU play a heavy eight-man coverage scheme which is going to shrink passing lanes and those passing windows, especially at the intermediate level of the field. TCU has three cornerbacks that will get a look in the National Football League. Now, they got the Thorpe Award winner, uh, Travius Hodges Tomlinson, who is going to be a first-round draft pick. On the other side, Josh Newton has a top-15 passer allowed rating, and he's a first-team All-Big 12 player. So on the outside, on the perimeter, TCU has got talent that can cover wide receivers. Thus, you're going to see the Georgia game plan change a little bit. Todd Monken felt like Arian Smith and Ad Mitchell could take advantage of the Buckeye cornerbacks. Probably not the case this Monday night. This would be the strength of the TCU defense is the cornerback spot. Even the nickel corner, Millard Bradford, had a pick six against Michigan. Cornerback, the strength of this defense. Look for Monken to target the middle of the field, short to intermediate in this matchup, with the backers and safeties being so aggressive in the run game. Expect to see Monken using run-action fakes, targeting receivers that work the middle of the field. Now, who would that be? That'd be Brock Bowers. Hopefully, he's feeling better. And it will be Kenny McIntosh, the running back, coming out of the backfield as a receiver, working the middle of the field. And this is a good thing, in my opinion, because Bowers and McIntosh have been producing all season long. Stetson's going to have to be sharp with his decision-making working the middle of the field in that intermediate zone. The one way, as I see it, TCU stays in this game with a shot to pull off the upset is to force turnovers. How do they do that? Well, with eight men in coverage, as I mentioned, the windows are going to be tight. If Stetson's trying to force that ball into tight spots, there's a chance that Stetson's going to get picked off a little bit. If he is constantly taking shots outside the numbers to his wide receivers against this really talented cornerback position for TCU, that could be a problem also. I wouldn't challenge Hodges Tomlinson too much because he's going to end up making some plays, making you pay. Look, if it's a deep zone, my advice to Stetson Bennett would be to work the underneath, get some yards after the catch. If the window is tight in zone coverage, come off that receiver and get to the next receiver in the progression. He's got to be disciplined with his decision-making for four quarters. This is a matchup, national championship game. The worst thing you can do is turn the ball over. And want to encourage Stetson, too, when he has the opportunity to escape the pocket 
let's say there is some tight coverage, there's nowhere to go with the football, don't force it. Pull it down and run with it. Do some damage scrambling and running with the ball. Stetson has a chance to do some real damage there. If they're going to drop eight into coverage, Stetson Bennett, and really taking advantage of his ability to hurt defenses with his legs recently. But you might see that done on Saturday night. 404-231-1680, the number. We'll come back tomorrow and look at the other side of the ball and talk about this Georgia defense and their matchup against the TCU offense. Right now, that's what I'm thinking as far as the matchup on Georgia's offensive side of the ball. That defense better tighten it up, I'll tell you that. They've given up 1,000 yards in the last two games. 7.36 yards per play in the last two games. And if you're wondering, that's not good, folks. I mean, this is a defense regarded as one of the top defenses in college football. Until recently, people are wondering, what's going on with that Georgia defense? Even Kirby doesn't have an answer as to why these offenses are scoring all these points. This Georgia defense better tighten up if they want to run it back on Monday night. We'll talk more about that coming up on tomorrow's show. Looking forward to that. Right now, though, let's get to a top five. The best in college football and the NFL. Five, five, four, four, three, three, two, two, one. Top 5, presented by your locally owned and operated Ace Hardware. Find your neighborhood store at acehardware.com. All right, DT, what we got today? Football heavy. Top 5 bucks. Starting I expected in, that. Starting in college football, surprisingly enough, right? I love it. Uh, Here in the deep south, college football's king. Especially when uh, the George Bulldogs are getting ready for a national championship game on Monday night. But the big Woo! hot button issue, the... The talk of the town this morning and yesterday, Buck. No tailgating at SoFi Stadium in the parking lots. Yeah. What is your reaction to that? How are dog fans going to handle that? Well, they're they're not handling that very well at all. <laughs> in fact, the Bulldog fans are wondering, what kind of place is this? Seriously. What kind of place is L.A. where they don't allow tailgating? This is a staple in the Deep South. You just take it for granted. You can pull up in your car, pull a grill out of the trunk, get that thing fired up, and put up a tent. And the information I've been passing along, the people that have been bringing it up to me, is just park at the Fabulous Forum, which is right next door to SoFi. I know, that Forum, man, I, you know, as a small kid from Valdosta, I dreamed of the day to go out to L.A. and, and see my Lakers. At the fabulous forum. Well, you could park at the forum and it's a just a short walk. It's right next door to SoFi and do all the tailgating you want to do. Options. That's what you want. Yeah, I don't think this should. Um, what kind of places? SoFi. You can't yeah. even tailgate. It's in California, Buck. Yeah. All right. So let's move on. Number two, we'll move to the NFL. But uh, another huge issue we're still uh, talking about. It's not about my Falcons. No, this one uh, a a little more serious, unfortunately. DeMar Hamlin was still 
Uh, thinking about yeah. Mark Hamlin still recovering. We've, we we did hear Orlovsky praying on the air. I love that. Uh, that. That doesn't bother me at all. And yeah, we 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 have gotten a little bit of good news for uh, for Mr. Hamlin, but still holding out. But anyways, not a lot of information. Coming yeah, not out, much. But it is but encouraging. We, we, to hear yeah, he's getting better. The tiny little bit that we've heard sounds at least somewhat encouraging. So, but anyways, yeah, there was a game involved. So it sounds like they're not going to play. But they've already said they're not going to play this game this week. How do they handle this Bills Bengals game from Monday night? Well, yeah, Moore checked in after he joined me on the show yesterday. He texted me and said, looks like we're going to play this weekend. They're, they're going to be games so this weekend. but Talking about week 18, the, the, the regular season yeah. finales are, are you know ready to go. But uh, playing that Bengals-Bills game, I don't think is going to happen. It doesn't seem possible, basically. Yeah, yet. it really doesn't. Unless you, you move back the playoffs a week. But uh, yeah, how seems... do you do that? I mean, you got to buy before the Super Bowl. Yeah, Bowl, that's but. the only way to do it, and that's obviously that's a huge undertaking with all the different sites and everything. So, yeah, I would say just at the end of this final weekend, you go with winning percentage as far as the seating goes. Agree. That seems like that's what's going to happen. But we'll keep an eye on it, and, and maybe uh, we'll get the Bills and Bengals in the playoffs. There you go. And still hope for. Hearing some good news about DeMar Yeah, you got to go with the winning percentage. Yeah, I guess that, that's, the way, that's, the, that's the best way to do it. But this game is not going to be completed. That's fine. All right, but uh, to much less important things, uh, the hot take. You got a hot take. Skip Bayless, Shannon Sharp yelling at each other. I'm sure you heard about this. What do you, what do you think about all this? Uh, Bayless and Shannon Sharp? Yeah. Over the Hamlin tweet. That Bayless put out. Yeah, something about the game continuing. And then night. I saw the uh, the little clip where uh, Sharp didn't show up for the show on Monday, was it? Showed uh, up the Tuesday. next day. Right. Yeah, yeah Tuesday. Tuesday. Didn't show up. The, he did show up the following day, and he went on his little hot take, and then Skip interrupted him, and then, boy, they blew up again. Here's my thought, is that Sharp is super sensitive. Bayless is a joke. And this is a promotional ratings ploy by the both of them, trying to get better ratings. That's my hot take. Well, we spent enough time talking about them. Let's move on. Speaking of uh, those guys, but give me your dummy of the week. Yeah. Give who's, me the, a, who's the dummy of the week, Buck? Give me a dummy of the week. Uh, it's going to be that Texas A&M managers, basketball managers who left the jerseys at the team hotel in Gainesville, Florida last night. They took on the Gators. They showed up at the bubble there at UF without games, uh, game jerseys. They didn't realize it until the last minute. The game's delayed. Technical foul given. So Texas A&M was behind before the game even started. Now the head coach took it on the chin. For his managers, he took the blame. But come on, the jerseys aren't hanging up in the head coach's uh, hotel suite. Dummy of the week, the Texas A&M basketball managers. How do you leave the jerseys back at the team hotel? Oops. All right. But, well, but let's, uh, let's hurry through. We got we to get to Aaron Murray here in just a second. Finally, Brent Key hired a new defensive line coach. You go, what you got on that? Yeah, Marco Coleman is back at Tech on the flats. He's a former Georgia Tech player. Now, he was on Jeff Collins' staff, but he saw the handwriting on the wall with Collins that he was going to get fired. And so Marco Coleman said, you know what, I'm getting out of here before I start looking for a job. I don't want that on my resume. So he exited, took a job up at Michigan State as the 
full-time defensive line coach. I think at Tech under Collins, he was only coaching the edge rushers and maybe the defensive tackles. Yeah, so a nice step up, right? He was splitting the job. So he got the heck out of Atlanta before they uh, cut Collins. Now he's coming back. And this is a big hire for Brent Key because not only does Marco Coleman know quality defensive line play, he's also a plus recruiter which is what Tech needs in the worst way. They need more good players, and Marco Coleman can help them get those guys in there. Well, that's your top five. Top five on 680 The Fan, Atlanta's sports station. All right, let's go to the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker line for the Bulldog Roundtable guest. Is proud to be the official sports talk station of the dogs, and it's time for Bulldog Roundtable with Buck Balloon. 25 20, far side line, 15 10, 5, get in there, touchdown! Bulldog Roundtable is proudly presented by George's own credit union, Haug Law Group, T Mobile, and by attorney Ken Nugent. And that's going to be the ball game. Georgia will win this ball game only on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. ESPN and Sirius XM's Aaron Murray made time for us today. Aaron, we appreciate you, man. Thanks for coming on. What's up, Buck? Oh, anytime, man. Thanks for having me. Man, we're breaking down this Georgia TC matchup, TCU matchup. Stetson's going to be facing this 3-3-5 stack that is all the rage in the Big 12 trying to slow down these spread air raid offenses. How do you think Georgia goes about attacking that, Aaron? It was interesting. So I was actually on the call for the Alabama-Kansas State game this past weekend. And, you know, Kansas State being another one of those big 12 teams, that was one of the first questions we asked, you know, the Alabama staff and Bryce of, you know, what, what needs to happen uh, for, to have success. And I've, I've, I've faced it a few times in my career, actually mostly uh, when I was playing in the XFL, funny enough. So it's been somewhat recent since I sold the defense. And it's, it's visually very tough for, for a quarterback. I mean, you just get to a lot of scrimmage and you see those three safeties deep. It almost looks like a Tampa 2 coverage that's kind of preset, uh, which, you know, is not the, the type of coverage you want to throw in as a quarterback. Uh, but there are lanes there to throw the football, get downhill. You know, the one issue is those safeties a lot of times, especially the middle safety, you know, his eyes are in the backfield ready to trigger on any sort of run action to, you know, put another, you know, seventh defender in the box to try and stop the run. But I, I think you have to commit to the run. Uh, I think you have to find a way to get that middle of the safety into the box, maybe another safety into the box. And shoot, maybe if you have enough success, you know, maybe just TCU, you know, get into a situation where they go to more of a four down front to get more physical at the line of scrimmage. So we haven't seen much of that, but, you know, never know what they may do. But, you know, run it first, you know, let's, let's go of every offense, run the ball, create a heavy box, and then from there try to take some shots down the field. Todd Monken, I'm so impressed with the job he does as offensive coordinator at Georgia. A week ago uh, against Ohio State, he probably surprised a lot of people, came out leading with the passing game. Very aggressive throwing the ball around early in the game. You think that was because they understood that Ohio State was going to score points they were going to have to score too? No, I think it was more for the fact that Ohio State's secondary is not very good. <laughs> that was more the plan. I mean, you have to attack a defense's weakness. And then, you know, even going back to Ohio State's game versus Maryland, you know, uh, uh, Talia Tagovailoa had a lot of success throwing the football versus Ohio State. And I was kind of watching that game saying, all right, it's not a big deal. Michigan, you know, Michigan wants to run the football. It's okay if Ohio State's not, you know, necessarily great in the back end. Well, you know, Michigan kind of watched the tape and said, hey, we're going to take some shots one-on-one coverage down the field. 
and, and J.J. McCarthy, who has been, I would say, good, maybe average for the entire season, had, had the game of his life and, and really exploited that secondary from Michigan. So I think they kind of look at it and, and said, look, at, you know, this is a secondary that, you know, wants to play a little bit man-to-man and wants to do some one-on-ones. You know, we got to take advantage of it. You know, there's no need for us to run to try to set the path when we know we have better athletes on the outside. Now, it, it flips around this week because TCU, the strength of their defense is at the cornerback, <clears throat> the cornerback mm-hmm. position where they've got an, uh, Jim Thorpe Award winner, a first-team All-American, and Hodges Tomlinson at cornerback. On the other side, you got Newton, who's an All-Big 12 player. Their nickel corner is a, a big-time player, too. So <clears throat> do you see Georgia maybe attacking the middle of the field a little bit more this, this week? Well, I mean, a lot has to do with Georgia's health. I, obviously, I want to know what, what Darnell is and how much total personnel they, they can get into. I mean, our Darnell is a you know a chess piece that's not only great in the pass game, as we've seen this year, and, and his athleticism, but you know, his ability to block. Um, but I don't know, man. I, I, I really like what Georgia has on the outside. I know, you know, the TCU has some good defenders, you know, but there has been some some games, and not just some, a lot of games this year, where they, you know, for how good they are, they still have struggled. And a lot of it has to do with, you know, the offenses they face in that league and how much the Big 12 wants to throw the football. But uh, I, I do like our matchups with AD. And, you know, if you get Arian going and, and build up the confidence that he had last week, obviously McConkey didn't, you know, play a big role versus, you know, versus Ohio State, but he's always a threat over the middle of the field. You know, maybe you move Bowers around a little bit and try to get him more involved. But I think right now, I think Georgia looks really good at the receiving spot. You know, this is the most confidence I've had in that position the entire season. You know, I would not shy away from those matchups on the outside, but it still comes back to it. Like, if they're going to play three high safeties, you know, you, you don't love that matchup just based off the, the formation of the defense. If they want to go one-on-one and put some safeties in the box, I do trust our guys to go out there and win some one-on-one battles. Aaron, I keep getting this question around town, and I'm not really sure how to answer it. What has happened to the Bulldog defense? We've allowed over 1,000 yards over the last two games, 7.3 yards per play. Aaron, what's going on defensively? I I don't think it's an issue on defense because I've I've, I've had the same conversation with a few guys, too, about, like, what – not just what's going on with Georgia, but just in general defenses and – you know, you look back to last year, and we all, what did we all say? Like, oh, you know, defenses aren't dead. You know, defenses can still win you a championship. And, and, and yes, Georgia's defense was incredible, and they were a big factor why they won a national championship. But the team that they beat in that national championship whooped their butt in the SC championship game. Why? Because they had elite offense. Why? Because they had an elite quarterback and, and elite receivers. Fast forward to the national championship, I don't, I don't want to say Georgia would not have won that game, and, and I, won't, I don't want to say that they wouldn't have found a way to beat Ohio State, Ohio State this past weekend. But Alabama was without two of the best receivers, one of, I thought, in my opinion, the best receiver in the country for three quarters. They were out, out without Messi for the entire game because of the injury that he sustained in the SC Championship game. So, you know, they benefited a little bit from not having those elite guys to have to cover. But going back to my main point here, elite offenses – right now will we'll stump elite defenses. And it goes to the high school rankings of, of you know how mature these kids are coming into high school, how many reps these quarterbacks and receivers are taking in these seven-on-seven camps, um, the, the, the way offenses go. These kids can literally walk into an offense in college with you know essentially ready to play right now. Then they continue to develop 
as freshmen, sophomores, and juniors. So I just think offenses are just still way, way, way ahead of where defenses are. I think quarterbacks and receivers are more advanced. I, mean, I don't care how good your secondary is, that position is going to win the majority of the time. So that's just it. I don't think the de- I think this is still one of the best defenses in the country. I think there's a defense that, that does match up well against this TCU offense. I'm not stressing out too much against them, um, but offense still wins the day. All right, where's your confidence meter that the Bulldogs run it back Monday night? Oh, man, I'm like 99% sure that they win <laughs> on, uh, on Monday night. Listen, I love the story. Don't get me wrong. I, I love – I've been a doubter of TCU for a good por- portion of the season um, over and over again. I'm like, I like them. I like the story, but I just don't think they're going to win this game. And they just keep surprising me week in and week out with how they play you know, the way they find ways to win the fourth quarter from you know, an incredible comeback versus Oklahoma State, the comeback versus Kansas State, uh, you know, the way they played versus Texas, stopping B. John Robinson. Um, they're, they're fighters, man. That's, that's the one thing that, that I think it just jumps off the tape, which I love as a former player. These dudes will fight to the very end. So Georgia just needs to make sure that no matter what the score is, that they find a way to play four quarters of football, which I think is going to be a message you know, from Kirby Smart and that staff, which I, I, I'm not saying Georgia does. I mean, Georgia's another team that, you know, plays really well in the second half, plays extremely well in the fourth quarter. We just witnessed that versus Ohio State. But um, that's it, man. Just, you know, as long as you just don't relax at any minute and don't let them get back into the game, I think Georgia will be fine and, 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 and make Max Duggan beat you with his arm. You know, don't let him run around. And, and, and essentially have a two-way go against the defense. Aaron, I'm a little concerned about you. You got a baby in the house. You had three games on ESPN during the bowl season in eight days, three and eight days. <laughs> Dude, you need to stay at home and rest up a little bit after this game Monday. Well, I will not be going to L.A., uh, unfortunately. Um, you know, it's, it's easy for me to tell my wife. Actually, she joined me for the Sugar Bowl. <laughs> uh, it's easy to tell her that, hey, I got to go for work, but – uh, to tell her that I'm going to leave her at home with two babies uh, while I go party and drink and watch Georgia win another national championship. Um, and nothing of it has to do with work. It's probably not the best move. So uh, I'll be celebrating a nice Bulldog victory uh, from my house come, come Monday night. Well, you've had an outstanding season, and we appreciate you coming on and dropping some knowledge on us, man. Thanks so much. Appreciate you, Buck. See ya. Aaron Murray getting it done, man. ESPN and Sirius XM. He's been a busy man. Three games in eight days during the bowl season. I mean, that seemed like every time I turned on the TV, flipped it over to the bowl game, there's Murray doing the uh, color analyst work. Excellent job. Great to have him on. We'll come back with a, another exciting segment. as the Buck Baloo Show here on The Fan, 680 and 93.7. Marketing is everywhere. From the billboards on the highways to the notifications on your phone, we are constantly bombarded with people trying to sell us stuff. What makes good marketing? Are you doing enough in your life personally and professionally to market yourself? You have questions, and the Marketing Mad Men have answers. Search the Marketing Mad Men on Google or your favorite podcast provider to get practical marketing advice from expert guests who are shaping and reshaping the business world. They say marketing is a madman's game. Join the Marketing Mad Men every Saturday at 4 p.m. to find out why. A lifetime of hard work. Children laughing in the kitchen. Family photos on a restaurant wall. A legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation, like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. 
Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. And 680 and 93.7. We're all over this natty. 680, the fans' coverage of the college football playoff national championship game is presented by Georgia's own credit union, Academy Sports and Outdoors, and Finlay Roofing. And powered by Georgia Power, the official power source for UGA Athletics. We're all looking forward to the showdown on Monday night. Tell you what, today, though, I'm got the feeling i'm a little hesitant to say it but i'll i'll live dangerously i'm thinking boat race on monday night right now let's chop it up let's talk braves baseball shut up it's time to talk braves let's chop it up presented by haug law group your local personal injury attorneys hauglawgroup.com all right i got three reasons why max freed will be in a braves uniform for two more seasons Number one, he's the ace of the staff and in the prime of his career. Number two, we control Max Freed for two more seasons as far as the contract goes. And number three, if you hadn't noticed, the Braves are in win-now mode, determined to win again this year. A little different than our football team. Three reasons why Freed's going to be around for two more years. Now, he's in that arbitration negotiation period of his career where for two more years, there will be negotiations of a salary where feelings get hurt. They exchange salary numbers and the panel selects one side. So, you know, there's some feelings that could get hurt. Pay that man his money. Max Freed. One of the top pitchers in the game the last three years. This past season, number seven in Major League Baseball with a 2.48 ERA. And yet there were 50 to 60 other starters in Major League Baseball that were paid, paid more than what Max Fried will make this season. What would a contract for Max Fried look like if the Braves cut a deal with Fried? I would think it'd be somewhere around six years, $150 million. But I wouldn't look for the Braves to pull the trigger on that. By the way, happy birthday to Max Fried a little early. Birthday coming up January the 18th. Shout out in the final word to Coach White at the University of Georgia. Men's basketball coach led his team to a victory over the Auburn. How sweet it is. Beat the Auburn Tigers. And Coach Pearl last night, 76-64, to 64, Coach White's first SEC game and victory of his career at the University of Georgia. Okendo got off to a fast start, and then Terry Roberts took over from there. Great to see the George men's basket, Georgia men's basketball team off to a great start this season. You keep it up, Coach White. Adam, let's get him on the show again. I can make it happen. Yeah, let's make it happen. Anxious to get up there and cheer them on. All right, that's going to do it for the Buck Blue Show. We got Nick and Chris coming up next. Have a great rest of your Thursday, everybody. Thank you, Buck. Where's Nernie? Okay, thanks a lot, Buck. A lifetime of hard work. Children laughing in the kitchen. Family photos on a restaurant wall. A legacy that lives on. 
It all comes from the power of a conversation, like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Marketing is everywhere. From the billboards on the highways to the notifications on your phone, we are constantly bombarded with people trying to sell us stuff. What makes good marketing? Are you doing enough in your life personally and professionally to market yourself? You have questions and the Marketing Mad Men have answers. Search the Marketing Mad Men on Google or your favorite podcast provider to get practical marketing advice from expert guests who are shaping and reshaping the business world. They say marketing is a madman's game. Join the Marketing Mad Men every Saturday at 4 p.m. to find out why. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.